Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. program created by Rio Grande. Welcome to police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 175 regarding a theater robbery. It was a million dollar theater. Check with the officers there. That's all. Roll and quit. for another case, 
but always, hidden away in some portion of his mind reserved for that, the driving thought remains, completes the case. Monday morning, March 14th, 1932. Standing before the huge safe in his office, manager George Evans pauses an instant in silent gloating at the thought of the sight that will greet his eyes in a moment. Inside the safe, more than $3,000 in bills and silver, the weekend receipts of his theater. Then, shaking off the momentary preoccupation, he kneels, consults a small slip of paper, begins twirling the glistening silver-plated dial to its appointed mark. Left, then right, then left again. Suddenly, a small click of falling tumblers, a twist of the handle, and Manager Evans' face gleams with satisfaction as the door swings open. There. Now, this little dog. And there it is. Oh. Why? Well, it... Well, it's got to be here. Good Lord. Coffin. it. He knows the combination. He was here first this morning. Coffin. it. Coffin. it. Come in here. Come in here quickly, Sam. Got into you, George. Run over the shelves. Sure. What's the matter with you? The safe. Look for yourself. He's gone. Everything gone. Couldn't be. That's impossible. Impossible, is it? Well, look for yourself, Sam. First I lose money on investments. Then I lose money in the theater business. Now, now I lose money for my safe. How could it be, George? Only two people know the combination. Yes. You are one of them, Sam. You also. Call the police. They will want to know things, Sam. I want to know some things, too, George. You call the police. Uh, all right. Hello? Give me the police, please. Yes, that's right. The police. I want to report a robbery. Yes, that's right. A robbery. <laughs> In response to the call, Captain Frank Katzenberger, in charge of the safe detail, accompanied by Detective Lieutenant George Chilton and C.A. Appledorn, cover the four blocks in as many minutes. Rushing upstairs to the manager's office, they find themselves practically having to battle their way in through a group of excited people fluttering the small room. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just get this story. Now quiet down. Now quiet down. Start with, I want to know who you people are. What's your name? I'm Herbert Laser. I got my ideas about this. All right, what are you doing out here? I'm a partner with Sam Carpenter and we own the theater. I'm the one who lost the money. Would I be robbing myself? Well, it's been done. But wait a minute, who are these people? And who was the one that found the money gone? Uh, that one, George Evans. He's the manager of the I can theater. prove that I left before the money was put away. All right. Which one put the money away? Uh, this fellow, John Walsh. He's the assistant manager. He handles the money. I don't know the combination of the safe. Evans opened it. I just put the money in and locked it. Mr. Early can vouch for me. All right. Who's Mr. Early? Uh, he's the manager of the circle theater. This is him right here. Come on. Go ahead. Come on. All right. Now, what were you doing here last night? I came in with the money from my theater. It was 11.30. But I didn't see the safe lock. Some people were there waiting for me, and I, I went right out. And, yeah, and who are you? I'm Molly Lord. I'm a cashier. All right, now everybody just sit down. I'll try to get some more dope on this. And remember, you're all under suspicion. I 
cultured the seed that finally developed into the drama enacted on the night of March 18th. The simple friendship of James Hill and Ruth Becker for Evans, the manager of the theater, sets the stage for the action. The two people are in Hill's apartment after being at the theater for the evening show. That's why I like it. It was sad the way they ended it, but, well, I don't know. It was right, I think. Yeah. It was good, all right. Say, why did you give me that funny look after the show when we were with Evans in the office? Mm, I don't know. I was just surprised at all the money you put in the safe, I guess. Is that all you were thinking about? Sure, that's all. Why? I was just wondering. Did you notice the piece of paper he had? Yeah. I noticed it all right. It was a combination, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a combination. I'd like to have a save with all that money in it, wouldn't you? Sure. I'd like to have a lot of money like that. Well. Hey, it'd be impossible to do anything like that. How could we? Forget it. Forget I said anything about it. Could be done, though. I'm sure of it. Time passes. The thought of the money in the safe grows in Hill's mind. And then one afternoon, the three are together in Hill's apartment. Evans is sitting on the couch, drowsy, after a lunch prepared by Ruth Becker, who is in the kitchen washing the few dishes used. Hill slouches in a chair, looking out of a window. After two. Sleepy? Yeah. And I have to be back in the theater about four. Uh, if I go to sleep, will you... Will you wake me? I can't hardly keep myself awake. Sure, go ahead. I'll wake you about 3.30. I'm kind of sleepy myself. Well, don't forget to wake me up. Taxi! Right here, taxi! 
went to the hotel. And Harry, yes. I'd rather have you get it anyhow. 
I feel kind of funny. Oh, here we are. I pulled up in front of the building and wait right there for you. Yeah, pull right over here. I'll only be a minute. Okay. Here I go. In a few minutes, we'll be late. Funny. I got just about to pay the toll, so it's Bill. Isn't that a laugh? In a few minutes, Hill emerges, the small green trunk clutched tightly in his arms. But suddenly... There he is. Get him. After him. Get him. Come on. Give me that. Come on. 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 Yo, so 
something about a robbery when we got him. And then he closed up like a clam. He acted like a crazy man all the way down. And so, Hill is booked on a malicious mischief charge. But because of his single mention of the word robbery, Lieutenant Appledorn is called in to question him. Casually, the officer picks up a blank arrest report and proceeds to Hill's cell. Yeah. Hello, then. What are you in for? Oh, uh, for wrecking that house. She had it coming to her. Wrecking that house? Well, according to this report here, you're in for suspicion of burglar. What? Yeah. That's what it said. Goodness. <laughs> let me tell you about it. You better let me tell you how it happened. Take me over to that theater. Huh? I don't know why I did it. Wait, now, wait. Hey, are you talking about the million-dollar yeah, theater job? Yeah, yeah, that's it. No, don't tell us about that job. They didn't do it. I did it. She never caught me. You get her, too. She was in it with me. Oh, yeah. Who was in it with you? Yeah. Who's, who's better? She never caught me. She and those guys that I thought... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, Kurt, what did. Kurt, forget me a purse. Yeah. She had the money stolen. I came out with it. These guys came out with the drunk. They yelled. But they were captain. I ran. Let's take those guys get away. Don't let them get away. <laughs> straightened out as Hill continues his story. Ruth Becker is speedily arrested. Without a qualm, she admits having double-crossed the man with whom she assisted in planning and executing the crime. Named Otto Ferron and Frank Marino as her partners in the scheme. Wallace, Laser, and Evans are cleared. The four people foiled in their first attempted crime are brought to trial on June 3rd, 1932. The jury, after an hour's deliberation, finds them all guilty of charge. Despite a plea for leniency because it's the quartet's first offense, Superior Court Judge William C. Doran pronounces their sentence. I have a certain sympathy for these offenders, but I have a greater sympathy for the thousands of others who are just approaching the borderline of crime and are likely to step across unless deterred by ad- adequate law enforcement regulations. I think that the court's first duty is to the state, and I have always thought that the probation law contends that probation shall be an exception and not a rule. Therefore, it will be the judgment of the court that for the offense to which you have been found guilty, to which grand test, you'll be confined in the state prison at San Quentin for the term prescribed by law. Thus, by a strange twist of human nature, what might have been a tragic, tragic case of false arrest and imprisonment exposed itself because of a man's temper. And because James Hill mentioned that one word, robbery, he sent himself, as well as his accomplices, to prison to pay for their unhappy experience with crime as a business. Thank you, Chief Davis. On my way to the studio tonight, I stopped at my Rio Grande service station. And my Rio Grande dealer gave me the new April issue of the Calling All Cars News. There's an unusual detective story of the Peg Leg Terror, an exclusive personal story from Jimmy Cagney, a new crime mystery. It's a very interesting, and your free copy is available at any Rio Grande station. When you buy Rio Grande gasoline, don't fail to specify Sinclair motor oil, either Sinclair Pennsylvania or Sinclair Opaline, refined from the highest priced crude oils in America. They are de-waxed, de-jellied, and sealed in tamper-proof cans. Sinclair oils are used in 45 countries of the world, by 150 railroads, by major airlines, and by every type of industry. They are the finest motor oils you can buy for your car. Get police car performance, 
with Rio Grande cracked gasoline. Perfect motor lubrication with Sinclair motor oil. And interesting reading from Calling All Cars News. Be your independent Rio Grande dealer tomorrow.